Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am your host, Slade Powell. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Hartley Barkley, a chihuahua with a lot of opinions. She is currently almost asleep, so she is less opinionated than usual at the moment. In this episode, we have been going through this season a lot of different spaces, a lot of different aspects of what it takes and what it looks like to cultivate continual active surrender to the universe. And in this episode, we're going to tackle what I consider to be probably the one thing you can't do without, the crux of the entire matter, and that is taking a leap of faith. Without the willingness to take a leap of faith, there is no way that anyone could ever, I think, accomplish actual surrender to the universe. Certainly not on a regular continuous basis, possibly. You could still do it, um, I don't know, once in a while. But to attain that kind of like state as your normal resting state is a total pain in the ass, honestly. to be completely honest and it involves more than anything else the willingness to put yourself as in the ego as in everything that you consider to be you at issue and um actually let go to let go of all of your attachments to everything in your life and most people don't actually let go of all of their attachments. They let go of some of their attachments at different times. And each time that you do that, it is a terrifying experience and a leap of faith because you don't know what's on the other side. You just know that this, what's working right now, this is not happening. This is not serving me. This, I can't do this anymore. And when I say attachments, attachments are the emotional connection that we have to things and people and energies in our life. They are the things that keep us in situations and the things that attach us to other people, places, things, and whatevers. Many attachments feel really good. They're attachments that you love, um, like your family members that make you feel really good, or your partner who makes you feel really good, or uh, your children. And there are attachments that we can let go of when things are not working. The parts of our relationships to people, for instance, that are toxic or shitty or that we recognize we are carrying trauma from a previous generation and we're like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't let this be part of my relationship with my kids or what have you. And so anytime we give up one of those aspects, that is in some way an act of surrender to the universe you are saying i am letting go of this for to create space for whatever comes next and i don't know what it is and i am willing to step into that unknown and that is a really great example of like a small leap of faith sometimes they can feel very big and sometimes they can feel very small but there are also major leaps of faith especially when you are getting into a space where you're like, okay, so I've never really surrendered to shit before. Kind of just figured that was something that 
uh, as an American that we just made fun of made fun of the French for. I'm sorry if you are French and you are listening to this. The actual surrender, what it actually takes to surrender to the universe, is a lot of giving up your interest in yourself as the primary driver of your life and taking on your interest in the universal vision for your life, the um, energy that is being brought into your life by the divine, by the universe, by source energy, uh, by God, if you like the word God, the way that we allow our lives to be driven instead of trying to drive them all the time. That's surrender. We talk about that a lot in a previous episode as well about co-creation. So I'm going to link that in the show notes. That one is a really good one to get into as well if that is something that you are still really looking at and manifesting in your life. So as always in these episodes, I really want to ground us in when we're talking about universal surrender, uh, maybe we should talk to the universe about it. So we're, I'm going to bring in some Akashic records uh, wisdom about this topic and then come back and we'll talk about it come from kind of like a, an integrated mind perspective as well and kind of bring all, all the aspects of ourselves to this topic. So I'm going to open the records and we'll see what channels through the records again, as you probably know by now, are the repository of all soul knowledge. And when I channel them, that is what I am tapping into. So I open the records with a prayer, and then I ask the most salient question that I can think to ask on this topic and see what comes through from the records on this topic. And then uh, close the records after. So let's get into it. The records are now open. When we, as humans, find ourselves in a space where we recognize that a leap of faith needs to be taken or we simply find ourselves in a space where we can't see the way forward what can we do to bring ourselves clarity in those situations and to make that leap of faith and that move forward feel less disastrous and more easy how can we make it easier for ourselves to listen and follow our guidance in those times when it seems that that leap is far too large for us to manage 
on our own. You must manage it not on your own, then. When it's too big for you, that means it's beyond you. And it's time to pull in the big guns. The big guns, as it were, are not an AK-47, but the universe itself. You've got to slow down in those times. To slow down to speed up in those times. You've got to make the most of each moment by not packing more things in, but by listening more deeply every moment, by deepening your connection every single second. And every moment or second that you spend in divine communion, communion, commitment, and resolution with yourself and the universe, which are one, not two things linked together, the way a married couple are said to be one being, one flesh. They are not. They are two flesh. Shiz. Fleshes. <laughs> but the universe and you are one thing. The way that a couch and that same couch are the same thing, one thing. You don't get this now, most of you. And that's too bad, but you will eventually get it right in this way. And what we mean for the times of change, when it cannot stand the way things are, it cannot stand anymore, no longer can you keep faith with the life you have lived in some way 
when you must make a big leap, a big change. You will know then what to do. It will be obvious. You just won't want to do it. The next step is clear. Many, many times in these cases, leave the job, leave the human that you don't want to leave behind. Make the jump to the next thing that you can see coming. So what's needed isn't the clarity a lot of the time. What's needed is the drive, the will, the courage, and the reason to move on, to leave that thing behind with no ill will and every reason to move forward instead. To drive yourself onward, not pull yourself back into the past or push back against the oncoming storm you will never need to do those things some of the some of you will do them out of fear fear of change fear of looking bad or of who you'll become, who you'll have to be to make that change. Some of you are scared of that instead. Get real with yourself about your fears. They are the only thing holding you back. Be brave, my children, and be smart. Take the time for yourself on the other side and during the leap of faith itself to keep coming back to who you are and what drives you so that you can keep going further into the future that is meant for you. Thank you for making the effort to never 
give up on your dreams, on your life, and on yourself, period. That's it. The records are now closed. Well, that's something, isn't it? This Akashic Guidance is so juicy and so powerful. Obviously, it always is, but there is something particularly meaningful, perhaps to me in particular, about what the records have to say here about surrender and taking a leap of faith, Um, possibly because... um, This theme in particular has been a theme of my life for a very long time now, and uh, it feels very homey to me to be bringing this topic out into the world on the podcast and, and delving into it further through the records. So I want to take this time to expand further on some of those themes that came up in that reading and also build on that into some other directions as well that I think are meaningful and helpful when it comes to actually setting yourself up to make a leap of faith and what it actually feels like, what it means. Uh, If you've never done this, it can feel really scary. Um, If you're here, I feel like you are at least someone who has looked at the chasm between where you are and where you want to be and uh, maybe looked around for an easy bridge over that crevasse. Um, And maybe you have made a leap For yourself in some meaningful way already in your life, maybe it's something that you are uh, now considering for the first time. Maybe this is uh, normal for you, like for me. Um, I love, hate (laughs) the leaps of faith I've made in my life. They've always been good, always in the right direction, every single fucking time, no regrets. But every single time it is the most difficult thing in the world when you are actually facing that decision i always think about uh the third indiana jones movie and now there are five of them apparently but in indiana jones and the last crusade indy has to go through this series of trials to gain access to the holy grail and the last one well more or less the last one one of one of them is the leap of faith he comes out through this uh weird tunnel in um and onto a ledge on a crevasse like there there you can see the the river below it is uh it does not look good <laughs> and there's no way across you can't see there's no bridge there's nothing it is just um a little ledge 
on a giant wall of rock. There's no way around. And there is clearly another little ledge on the other side with a little door in it that matches. Clearly, that's the way to get to. But how the fuck do you get there? And that's what it feels like to take a leap of faith in real life, too. Um, And when Indiana Jones realizes what he's facing he's like oh this is a leap of faith and he's like oh god <laughs> that's how it feels <laughs> like ah oh, shit well this this i hate this <laughs> and then he he pulls his courage up and uh takes one step forward and that is the step that shows him what he's dealing with, where the bridge is, what is actually happening. It's the first step that matters the most. It's not getting to the other side. The other steps will happen. They will matter every single time. And each one of them will be kind of scary. But the first one is the one that really kicks you in the ass. Uh, for Indy, that he, that's when he realizes there is a, a seemingly invisible stone bridge that connects both sides of this crevasse. Um, these are minor spoilers for a very old movie. The bridge has been intentionally hidden um, so that you can't see it from that one angle that you can see it at, looking at it directly. From any other angle, you could see that there was a bridge there. And I think that's also a beautiful metaphor that um, many other people in your life, if you have good people around you, can see the bridge. Other people can see the bridge. Sometimes you're the only one that can't see the bridge. And sometimes you are the only one that finds the bridge scary. And that's valid. Some people are not scared of the thing that you're scared of. And it doesn't make you less afraid of that thing. It can be helpful to get other people's perspectives when they are not afraid to get um, like a better handle on seeing your own fear and realizing where it is uh, well-founded and where it is perhaps um, overblown and you don't need to be quite as afraid of that thing and you can maybe help yourself deal with your own fear that way. Um, but I just want to be really like aware and, and honest that like Leap of Faith ain't fun at the beginning. It gets fun. It can get fun. It's exhilarating. It's like the scary excited. Um, or it can be. Sometimes it's just scary. Sometimes it's just excited. The reason we call it a leap of faith, though, is that your faith must be bigger than your fear. Your faith that there is another side, that it is worth it, and that you can do it, is what's necessary. And your faith in a higher power makes an enormous difference. There are two kinds of leaps of faith, I think, in this world. There's the kind that you do for your human self your material world experience like where you you can see that it this will make you happier your soul will be happier um you'll feel more fulfilled on the other side of something like leaving a job like uh leaving a relationship like getting into a relationship especially if you haven't been one in in a while that can feel um also like a leap of faith in this person um there are many, many, many ways that we can do this. Um, some of them you don't have a choice of, like empty nesting can feel like a real leap of faith into a new chapter of your life. Um, and you don't really get to say whether your kids leave the house or not, um, unless you, I don't know, chain them up in the basement. But those things are all 
connected in my mind to the way that you interact with the universe as a three-dimensional universe in which um, shit happens and you deal with it. The other way to make a leap of faith that I really want to highlight here, um, because these are the themes that we're talking about related to continual universal surrender. And when we're talking about continual universal surrender, that's when the higher power thing really starts to matter. You can make any of those other kinds of what I'm going to call smaller leaps of faith. That's not a judgment call. All of those things are, can feel very big and are very, and can really matter in your life. And, um, sometimes they stack. Sometimes you're doing all of it at once, but you can accomplish any of those smaller leaps of faith with only your faith in yourself, only your faith in your desires, only your faith in whatever comes next and its match for who you want to be. And all of those things are your desires, who you are, the match you for who you want to be. All of those things are sort of reflections of the divine, the higher source, the, the higher power, all of that. Because all of like your desires truly come are a reflection of your purpose in the universe and and what you really are, which is energy. When it comes to making what I'm gonna call the big leap of faith, because um, in my experience, you 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 do it once, um, and, and then you do a whole lot of little ones. <laughs> the the big leap of faith to into a state of continual universal surrender from which you will continue to evolve for the rest of your life, that leap of faith cannot be done without surrendering to the divine, something you cannot see, something that pulls you and calls you and is way bigger than you because it is surrender to the divine, to universal energy, to whatever your concept of higher power or god or you know whatever however you organize this in your life and in your brain and in your heart when you surrender in continual universal surrender that surrender is to something you cannot see something you cannot verify something that you can only sense and and work with and be with on a level that you cannot verify through Newtonian physics. It just doesn't work. That's why it's faith. And that's the work, honestly. A lot of the work of being in a state of continual universal surrender is constantly, continually, if you will, reinforcing for yourself um, what it is that you're doing, what it is that you're really doing. You might be grocery shopping, you might be at work, you might be playing with your kids, you might be doing uh, ceramics, I don't know, whatever. And it, it doesn't matter. What you're really doing is surrendering to the universe. What you're really doing is giving up your illusion that... You are the only one in charge of your life. You're giving up your illusion of separateness. 
and surrendering to the reality of integration that your reality is your reality is that your dog needs to needs to jump off your lap go on go on there you go that your reality is that you're not alone you never were you never will be you cannot be everything is connected everything is energy everything is frequency and that includes everything you think of as you most of what you think of as you is an illusion most of what you think of as you is a collection of fears and conditioning and brain patterns that have collected over time and glommed onto each other until you have something that resembles a person. There's not really much to people. People are actually, they feel complicated, but function, really they're, they're quite simple. It's just a bunch of fears and conditioning and bodies and the illusion that we're all alone here and the fear of realizing that you're not because the fear of realizing that you are not alone is the realization that you are not separate you are not real you are you are the illusion. And you can take all of those things that the conditioning, the fear, the perception of bodies, the all of that, and you can call that the ego. That's mostly what people mean when they say the ego, even though they don't really think of it in those terms. People think that the ego is something that they can delete and then uh, they're still there, which I think is very funny. And... That ego, that self, the the only thing that exists thinking that it's you, it doesn't want to die. (laughs) If you truly merge with the universe to the highest degree that I have seen ever in anyone to be possible, uh, there's nothing left, which sounds honestly very refreshing and relaxing to me, uh, but also terrifying to my ego. Which is a funny sentence, considering there's no difference between those two things. The consciousness that you are will have different experience than the ego that thinks it's you. Let me explain. The consciousness is ongoing, universal, and has no identity. It does not think it is a person. It just is. It just exists. I think, therefore, I am. Sure. Yes. And there's no other way to verify what else is going on that might be ongoing or outside of your conditioning, except that there seems to be something that can observe your conditioning observe your emotions observe your fraught and often freaking out uh little self um doing what it does and that observer that witness effect is the consciousness the more you can sit with it and sit in that observer witness mode 
the more you can really see how your brain works, how your emotions flow, how who you are, who who this 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 egoic brain mass that you call you actually works, which is very very helpful. No lie, just like the best fucking thing. When I say you'll do this once in a big way and then over and over and over again, what I'm you will get used to it, which is a weird statement, I think, but true. Each one feels like death, but you kind of get used to that feeling. <laughs> uh, it doesn't get easy, but it does get familiar and it gets kind of joyful. Like you start getting used to, oh, I know how this goes. Like I know I'll feel better after. I know it's like uh, discovering your own creative process. I mean, effectively, it is your own creative process. When you are making something, often there's like a whole series of of emotions and thought states that you go through, um, and they can get really predictable. I know that when I'm painting something, there is always a part in the middle where everything is terrible. It's the worst thing I've ever made. And the best thing I can do at that point, all all I really want and all I really need is for somebody else to look at it with me and laugh (laughs) because it's so bad and once i get that release i have a friend that i send photos of my paintings to at that point because he's also a painter and uh and we laugh at them together and make fun of them once i've made fun of it and had somebody else like laugh at it with me and agree that it's the worst thing i've ever made and that anyone has ever made um then i can move on then i can i can find the next space and you know continue working on it and you know make it not bad (laughs) and the more you practice any skill the better you'll get at it and this is a skill you don't think of it as a skill necessarily but it is the skill the skill surrender is the skill there's no skill that you could learn in your life that is more effective or more helpful for your existence except i don't maybe cooking so it doesn't get easier but it does get more familiar and that's enough to ease the path you can't see the other side you just kind of know that you can't stay where you are now sometimes you can see a little bit of the other side you can you know what you're trying to get to but when it comes to the big one like you really don't have any idea (laughs) believe me i thought i did and i really didn't um i had a handbook uh cannot recommend enough Jed McKenna's Enlightenment Trilogy. I read those books and they sent me through this process of discovering and uh, and leaping into universal continual surrender. Um, I will link them in the show notes. Even with a handbook, you still have to do it yourself. And it is an inside job. It is uh, a do-it-yourself job. And thankfully... You don't have to remodel a bathroom to do it, which I think is worse, honestly. One of the keys to this process is that your sense of who I am changes. You might get this from the way that I keep talking about like being a human being. 
But instead of thinking you are this separate, tiny, useless, feckless creature that is attempting to like make your way through all of these circumstances lined up against you, or maybe you're a real optimist and you know that they're lined up for you. It doesn't matter. Like you go from believing that you are separate to knowing, knowing, knowing that you are a part of everything, knowing that you are integrated into the whole of reality. I call this the integrated state as well for a reason. And this is the reason is that you are integrated into everything. There is a stage of integration that comes after you really get into the surrender. After this, like after the big leap, you start to learn a lot really fast about how the universe works and what's really going on. And it makes a huge difference. I know I'm being a little vague here because I feel like there's a lot to get into there. And uh, I feel like I'm skirting around the topics of probably a whole nother season's worth of podcasts right there. (laughs) Um, And I don't want to go on for, you know, like eight hours on this episode. So you're welcome. Um, Those of you who are on a commute, I will try to keep this uh, reasonable. But here's the whole who I am thing. The who I am changes so that you get a sense of who you really are. Because you're not that feckless little twit that just thinks that they're separate from everything and that they have basically no rights in this universe. That's stupid. The human consciousness that you that you are, that you have, like it's the same as the universe. You are Saturn and a plant and a set of headphones. Um and yourself. It's all one thing. It's all one thing. And you really get to see how it's all one thing um, much more clearly. It's very easy to still get kind of like bogged down and stuck in the uh, illusions of separation. Like that's that's easy to do. But you don't really ever get like totally stuck there unless you throw yourself or fall down a hole to avoid this new knowledge, which, hello, I've done that too. Um, I've thrown myself down several big deep holes and pulled myself out of them uh with this is part of the process it is not necessarily one that you need to have but it is common um i threw myself down a hole of a relationship that had me be almost a completely different person than who i am until i realized that i didn't like who i was becoming and uh and we broke up And I've thrown myself down the hole of different jobs trying to say, hey, but um, I could get my entire worth from this thing, though. And that felt terrible, eventually stopped um, and quit those jobs. The I have uh, gone on adventures like this adventure will be who I am now. It's all about self-definition. There's a lot in this process that's about defining who and what you are because the game of life is all about defining who and what you are which is in fact a whole nother podcast episode um and we will do that one here's who you become i you become who i am becomes i am necessary and abundant 
you become i am a function in the divine flow this is my favorite part personally maybe it's because i'm a virgo and i'm we're obsessed with uh like having a divine mission of some kind but the function part really speaks to me that instead of being like a collect thinking of myself as a collection of parts that all mismatched together i really think of myself more as a function of flow that when that what i'm here for is who i am not in a way that defines me by outside forces um when i say my function i mean i am here to explore and share that's about it the and heal explore share and heal anything else that defines it more deeply than that i am here to like you know build this business or contribute to that person that's too much that is that is attaching to outside of you things which is very funny because there is nothing outside of you but the illusion of outside things and when it is really about finding your internal location of self this becomes very clutch especially over time the flow is everything you learn the flow you see the flow you feel the flow where is the energy in this room how is it moving what is needed what's going on uh how am i being called right now what is the next thing to do right now what am i wearing today what am i eating today how do i speak with this person most effectively what is going to move them forward that i can say what am i what am i in this situation for what is needed and everything happens in divine timing it happens in the tiny joys the flow is in the tiny joys so much it's always moving you're always creating something always doesn't matter if you think you are or not it really doesn't you are whatever it is that you have is what you're creating whatever it is that you have is what you're manifesting whatever it is that you have in your life is what you have been focused on and aligning your energy with having the universe does not take directions like a short order cook where you say i want my you know life done this way and it sort of like takes that and then delivers it it's not quite like that it's not what you ask for it's how you vibrate what you really ask for if you will not what you say with your mouth but what you say with your energy and your being and so if you are saying i want a partner and what you're doing is avoiding people <laughs> Well that's not going to work my friend. <laughs> what you're doing will speak louder uh cuz that's who you're that's a the more direct emanation of the energy of who you're being. If you are avoiding all people, you are being um it could be hermity, it could be afraid, it could be um that you're in a contractual contracting phase of your life and you're sort of like withdrawing inward for your own healing or your own um out of your own fear and that space that whatever energy that is for you 
that causes you to, uh, you know, avoid people. That'll be whatever it is that's calling in what actually shows up in your life. So if you say, I want love, but all you do is avoid it, um, start looking at what you're actually doing and start identifying why. So you can break that shit down and alter your energy and alter what you're actually summoning from the universe. And if you find yourself in a hole, for those of you who might be listening to this episode from that space, I hear you. You're okay. You can handle whatever is out there. Get help. I'm serious. Get help out of the hole. The thing about a hole, when I say a hole, I mean any kind of situation that you use in your life to hide from your reality, your highest self, your greatest desires, or anything that you, you know, truly want from your life. You might be a hole could be a job that you commit all of your time to because you are absolutely terrified of co-creating with the universe. You're absolutely terrified of having the reins in your life and being the one in the driver's seat. It scares the shit out of you. And so you give those reins to somebody else to run your life. That's an example of a hole. Common one. Whatever hole you might be in. If you are there, talk about it. With someone you find safe to talk about it with. Therapists are amazing for this. Totally recommend therapy for this. And friends you can trust to you know which friends are going to like help move you forward in your life and which ones are just there to like kvetch with you the ones who would just want to bitch are not going to help you out of the hole because they are also in their own hole and they're half they're they're committed to that hole right now (laughs) you can't save anybody else when you are in a hole don't try get yourself out Whatever it takes, get out of the hole. You will be happier on the other side. This is where a lot of the small leaps of faith happen. It's when people find themselves in holes in their life. Whether they are seeking continual universal surrender or they're just seeking being happy. (laughs) It doesn't matter at that point. It's a fairly common experience to find yourself like, Oh shit, I didn't think it was going to get this bad. Uh, But here it is, and I am not happy. If you've had a growth spurt and you haven't moved since, you're probably in a hole. If you have nothing left in the situation that you're in to learn or or really, like, do there, you're just existing, then you're probably in a hole. If you know it all, you, you know this situation back to front and you're not growing anymore you're probably in a hole and if you feel that creeping dread or fear that you'll be here forever or that you'll die here you're definitely in a hole 
the rules of the dominant group that you live by might feel too small, or you know that they're ridiculous. That's also a sign that you're in a hole. Can feel like being in a box, like somebody's put you in a box. For me, gender feels like a box, and that's a hole that I was in for a long time. So, what you do is you do a lot of processing of your emotions. Figure out how you got here. You don't have to, like, you know, do a whole postmortem on, like, every step of how you got here. It's frankly not nearly as important as getting out. One of, uh, I'm going to steal a phrase from Jed McKenna, who I referenced earlier. Uh, Fight when you have to. Climb when you can. Climb out. But you got to get honest with yourself. You're going to have to process. You're going to have to feel a lot of feelings you've been avoiding feeling. I'm going to say that again. You're going to have to feel a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings that you have been avoiding feeling. And they will not kill you. They won't even hurt you. They'll just feel like emotions. Sadness doesn't hurt. Sadness feels sad. And sadness can't hurt you. You'll just feel sad until it runs through you and the sadness goes away. Feelings need to be felt or else they will linger in your body and continue running you from the inside out. This is part of how your manifestations go wrong. The whole, uh, you you manifest from your energy, not from your words thing that I was just saying, uh, This is that too. You manifest from your energy, and if your energy is full of sadness, for instance, that you refuse to feel, you're going to manifest more sadness. That's just, that's how it works. Start making small steps. Take little steps. You know, if you you just kind of want to like peek your head over the top of the hole and kind of see if there is a world out there, and if it's going to kill you, like, that's okay. Like, do it. Take your time. Not everybody is going to do this in, you know, a two-hour movie arc. In fact, most people won't. Do what feels right. And the more you do what feels right for you, day by day, moment by moment, you will see the choices you need to make. You will see the leaps. You might already, or they might be unclear. Keep moving in the directions of your desires. And if you don't know your desires, keep moving in the directions of discovering them. What do you, what do you like? What do you want? If you could have anything, what would you have? Everybody's answer to that is a little bit different. You find yours. And the more you connect with your desires, they will lead you through the path of your resistance. And when your desires are strong enough to overcome that resistance, you'll move. That's when you move fast. That's the big movie, you know, film arc of, like, transformation. Is when your desires are strong enough and clear enough to move you through your resistance cleanly, clearly, quickly, that's when you make the big moves. You don't have to wait for it. You can, you know, cultivate that. 
<laughs> if you want it to be quicker, um, if you want it to be faster, d- dive harder. Dive harder into discovering what makes you tick. Dive harder into your healing. Dive harder into what you want on the other side of this leap of faith. That's how you get out of a hole. Eventually you see how bad the hole has gotten and it becomes unbearable. You cannot stay there any longer. And that's when you move. When your desires for something else, something better, something more more right for you, more you for you, become stronger than the pull that has kept you in the hole. The other side is worth it. It's always worth it. What you want is worth going for. What you desire will call you, and you can trust it. You are worth everything that you ever wanted happening for you. You are an amazing, irreplaceable speck of the universe. And there is nothing that could ever be greater than you or your desires in your own life. Nothing else is worth it. Everything is exactly as it should be. You are learning a lot right now in whatever space you're in. If you're in a hole, you're learning a great deal about yourself and how you get out of it. It's common to wonder whether you're going to regret it. You probably won't. You probably won't. Take your steps where you are to move with the greatest integrity that you can. It's the greatest gift that you can give to yourself and everyone around you when you're in the space of making major changes in your life. Move with integrity. Feel into each step and the space that feels the most right for you and for everybody else. And when you keep moving each step with integrity, there is nothing left to regret because you know you did your best. And let me tell you, even when I fucked up, I never regret the leap. I sometimes wish I'd handled things a little differently. Been a little kinder. Made myself a little clearer so that the, the fallout was a little bit better for other people. But the leap itself, moving in the direction of my own happiness, my own dreams, my own surrender to the universe, and my own connection to the universe, never regret that. Not once. And on that note, I have appreciated very much connecting with all of you today. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day today. And as always, keep exploring, my friends.